Yo, Joburg, everybody. This is episode 204 of the G.I. Joburg podcast. My name is Steve. I'm joined by the Sappers. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hey, boys. <laughs> Hi there, ho there. It's Paul and Rob. And tonight, today, this morning, this evening, whenever, we are going to talk the hot topic on everyone's lips. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time since we revisited our movie pitch episode, but with a major Hollywood release coming out in less than a month, it's time. It's time for G.I. Joburg to once again tell the world what kind of movie we'd rather see instead of Snake Eyes. <laughs> Controversial enough. But this weekend past has seen quite a few uh, developments. Uh, in line with the Snake Eyes news, we've had not one but two trailers drop with uh, some significant differences between them. I hope you gents are able to speak on both. Um, I-, I think, Paul, you wanted to keep the one a surprise. Yes, I, I wanted to, but then, as it turns out, I was watching a YouTube video, and it just played that trailer. Oh, well then. And Rob, have, and I was like, ah! have you seen the second one? Second trailer? No. I've, I, the only one I saw was the one that we watched on our... Well, I've seen two trailers that we yeah, reacted the teaser. to on our YouTube. The teaser oh. and the trailer, that's what I've seen. Is there another well, one? May, may, maybe we'll show it to you uh, in the moment and and have you report back uh, live. Hey, whoa! Hey. If yeah, you are uh, if you are on YouTube, go and check out our reaction video. We reacted to the the United States uh, trailer, um, and then the international one just kind of dropped shortly after that. So, uh, uh, thank you for everyone who who shot back a comment saying, "Hey, have you seen the second one?" Uh, because yes, it has some remarkable differences, and in fact, is far more uh, revealing, I should say. Mm. But if you don't mind leaving a like for this video, uh, if if you are watching the YouTube version, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks. The second bit of big news: uh, those of you who are in the United States or are remotely interested in GI Joe conventions, Joe Fest, the heir apparent to JoeCon, and by all accounts. A very, very well-run and well-enjoyed event happened this past weekend. There have been a few reveals that uh, we've been privy to, things that have been released onto the interwebs, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So, gents, what should we do first? Trailer news? Does anyone have any new shit? Uh, Surprisingly, no. (laughs) No. Oh, that's the first. I do, but it's kind of like, it's not G.I. Joe related, but it is action figure related. So maybe, yeah, let me mention it anyway, because it's it's got a segue into something else. Whatever. Oh, right. um, I got a <laughs> McFarlane uh, Warhammer uh, Space Marine uh, figure. One of those really big, Ooh. burly Space Marine dudes that they do. Yeah, lots of fun. So it's, it's a real chunky monkey. Um, but... I got it with a twist. I bought the artist proof edition because I want to paint up my own version. And that's actually some uh, a challenge that I put out to both Bart, uh, uh, Bart and Jim. And now we've roped poor Luke into it. So now we are all busy doing our own custom take on the Warhammer 40k figures. And you guys can catch that. That video is going to be dropping this week. Uh, we've already done a recording for the opening sort of introduction to the Warhammer stuff. So anyway uh yeah so that's that's pretty much my new toy and sadly there are no new he-man figures in the stores yet only the outlying regions have them i i'm, I'm hearing rumors of a scare glow and evil lynn 
in the in the in in the country uh that they are actually out there but other than that nothing exciting <laughs> fascinating and those are all right. non-joe toys <laughs> right they're all non-joe toys because i and none of my cool joe stuff has landed yet so gosh yeah. darn it gosh darn it why is this happening to us and also my awesome action force figure which i pre-ordered from bobby uh a long time ago on his uh crowdfunding thing uh, as you guys all know they're not ready yet but man they're looking great but uh unless somebody has something else to talk about that's new i think we can jump straight into the next so shortly after we posted our reaction video to the full snake eyes trailer a second full trailer the so-called international trailer was released and brought to our attention and we didn't do a reaction to that but there are some differences in the u.s release uh, they refer to Cobra as a shadow organization. I might be remembering this wrong, so don't. Remember, uh... we can't hear this one. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're, I can confirm that. Yeah. And in this one, they call it a terrorist organization that want to re reform the world or revolutionize the world, something to that effect. So there is a, a different difference in wording there. I guess, um, you know, invoking terrorism in your summer blockbuster is not always the most tasteful. Uh, but the major difference that I saw was, at one point, uh, a it's unclear who's wielding it, but someone has a red gem or power in their hand, and they use it to blow up a building on a on a hill. Are oh, you that's sure this is the internet. But that was in the, that was in the American one as well. It's like that so dude that looks like Tutsi just... from the Ninja Turtles. He's all like, "Fuck you, building." <laughs> <laughs> anyway so two trailers slight differences between them but i guys I, i'm gonna spoil the beans and say i read a very spoiler heavy potentially the outline to this film so uh I, what i have seen so far seem to be making that um that spoiler ring true take from what? that what you will but now I'm watching That's... a different trailer. There's another trailer where he's in a house and it's on fire. Oh, a third trailer. That sounds perhaps? like Halloween. That's <laughs> no, but this is—is is this not the international trailer? I think that Ooh. there is one thing in the international trailer that did stand out to me uh, when I watched it last time. I think it was the like there's a sword reveal. They do something a little bit different with this. Oh, you know what? It's a really dude with like a fire rock trailer. as well. You know what is a big difference in the international trailer? Sorry, it just like sparked in my brain now. Um, you see Storm Shadow in his uh, gear with his mask on, and he's jumping towards Snake Eyes. Oh. It's like brief. It's like a whole less, it's less than a second. They're on motorbikes, so or something. Yep. But they're about to jump. It's a motorbike to a car or something. But I just know the two are going at each other. This trailer that I'm is watching is very different. Okay, so like on the on the topic of this trailer, quickly like. Are you guys maybe a little bit scared of watching this film? Because the trailer, in a lot of ways, looks really cool. Like, both of them. Okay? And, oh, yeah, no, okay. for sure. But that's and, they're very good at marketing things these days. Totally. And, Steve, uh, I know that you've been privy to, like, a screenplay or a version of the screenplay or something that's been sort of let yeah, loose. Yeah, it was kind of a, a synopsis um, mm. offered by someone who saw an advanced screening. That's what so, it was. Oh, okay. Ah. So, because... Like, I haven't seen that. I've refused to read that just purely because I, I just don't want to spoil this for myself. But a part of me is like, 
uh kind of in denial like i kind of feel like i'm just happy with this trailer part of me kind of doesn't want this movie to come out and and let me down because <laughs> this trailer is actually pretty cool like both of them like i'm excited and mm. the cool and you know what's really really special about these trailers um i've got an intern uh, working with me at the moment my apprentice the the girl i teach art to she's actually helping me out now in the studio uh which has been really really awesome um and you'll see some of her her handiwork in a in a later G.I. Joe book production because uh, she helped me with some banner stuff mm. for G.I. Joe book, cool. which is pretty cool. Sweet. Um, but she's also just been doing like odds and ends. Anyway, um, she's a, a little bit of a geek and whatever. And I often like when she walks in, I like to like go, hey, check out this trailer. And she's like, what is it? I'm like, I won't tell you. Let the trailer tell you. And she watched, she saw the Snake House trailer. She's like, oh my God, this looks so cool. What is this? And I'm like, mm. wait for it. Wait for it. And she's like, Whoa is that gi joe and i'm like yeah that's gi joe and snake eyes and she's like that's so cool and i'm like damn right it's cool and then i did the same thing i made celia watch it cold as well like i mean <laughs> shame i made celia sit through two fast and the furious <laughs> nine trailers <laughs> beforehand <laughs> and she hated did you watch furious not... nine no 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 you just want to watch might... the trailers <laughs> i just watched the trailers because i i just I had to show Celia because I was like, "Hey, do you want to watch Fast and the Furious 9? Because I was just like, a part of me was like, "Oh, maybe we should go and watch it anyway." And I showed her the trailers. She's like, "I'm not fucking watching that." But then I showed her the Snake Eyes one afterwards, and she was also like, "What's this?" I'm like, "I'm not telling you." Like, what is it with girls in that? What is this trailer I'm watching? Anyway, why do she's they like, need to know? Why do they need to know? Yeah, exactly. And she's watching this trailer, and she's like, "Damn, that looks. This looks really cool." I'm like. And she's like, what is it? I'm like, I'm not telling you. And then it goes, whoa, snake eyes. And she's like, wow, that's so rad. Are we going to watch that? I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, we're totally watching that. And so, yeah. Anyway, apparently not during lockdown, though. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> but anyways, the point I'm trying to make is there are a few noticeable differences. And I'm noticing more and more that we are getting what the synopsis dealt with. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. It's definitely a fresh thing so yeah. yeah once again expect this film not to just materially depart from the story of gi joe and cobra in terms of um i suppose the era the setting and the casting choices like there are some some major departures as well uh which might turn you off further hence we are doing a movie pitch uh topic today but before we hey. go into that in terms of community <laughs> this time next week actually it would have been a little bit earlier but next weekend, as of this recording, uh, on Saturday night, Eastern Time, 7 p.m., uh, or if you're in the future like me, 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, there will be a premiere of a new Playmotion series at the Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse channel. Oh. It is a world wrestling, or sort of a world action figure wrestling uh, competition created by... <laughs> Our buddy Zazel, who uh, runs the Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse. And the first bout, the first match is, of course, the Sarge versus his age-old nemesis enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I've seen an advanced screening of that. And I'm very, very excited for this to debut in the world. So I hope that uh, any of the G.I. Joburg following can can transfer uh, to Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse, transplant themselves and become firm fans there. Uh, I'll certainly be there in the live chat. So it'd be great to see a number of uh, listeners and viewers from this side of the fence there as well. 
the link to the wait page will be in the description below. Uh, and if it's past the premiere date, you'll be able to watch it. Hey, hey, free and easy. If you missed the, the live chat, you can catch it on the replay. The link the will be in the description fans. below. The real mm. fans can check it out. The cowards <laughs> can stay at home. Very, very good. <laughs> Gents, shall we talk a little bit about uh, Joe Fest? Of course, we weren't there, but there are a few fantastical reveals that I'd love to get into. Um, just, you know, because if you if you are hearing about it first uh, on G.I. Joburg, you should be getting just as excited as we are. Uh, I'm going to lead the charge with some awesome images once again, sharing my screen. So if you are listening to this podcast, maybe... Uh, well, maybe drop by the, the various social media outlets and, and catch up because the images do tell, tell a better story than my rambles. But this was the big number. It is a custom G.I. Joe <gasps> HQ. Wow. Oh, wow. It has plastic construction and it comes to us from Screamin' Eamon Customs. Uh, I think that all 100 sets have very quickly sold. So for those of us on the sidelines, we can only look at the image and salivate, but it's incredible. It's very animation inspired. The exterior seems to have a nice shading to it. It has that uh -huh. structure of the HQ in the animated series, that gigantic sloped silver structure with a cannon sticking out of the top and a, a stripe of red just for some, some flair. And the interiors are inspired once again by the sunbow animation um very colorful stickers i believe that you can custom apply to the 11 rooms wow. the ramp Whoa. in the front door is large enough to uh, drive a rolling thunder through so that gives you an idea of its size show us that picture Zach. I, I did see it there on the, on the bottom i just want to see that again it's like at the bottom the bottom there, yeah there it is look at there that it is ladies and gentlemen the rolling thunder does fit very neatly into the <laughs> front area even with its very long antenna they will clear the entranceway that is very wild. very impressive they do not mess around That's the cannon impressive. was was actually molded in plastic and uh, created by a separate customizer i believe and packed very nicely along with a fat flag in its separate box. I, I'm not saying the USS flag, I'm saying it's an American, <laughs> American flag. Free flag, flag, flag with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Salt. Uh, so, yeah, gents, uh, have at it. Any other comments? There's a close-up mm. on the various interior uh, designs. You've got Hawk's office, presumably. You've got a uh, weightlifting and gym section. You've got an armory. You've got a motor pool all these various environments that you can it's kind of really awesome and you can continue to customize it yourself actually introducing uh you know the 3d items into the into the space because now you okay. kind of have like the you have an idea of what each room is but then from there you can continue to customize this with your own stuff and i'm so Courtesy glad you order of battles podcast on that topic rob i know that the stickers have two variations variations that include kind of furniture elements so the room is kind of looking complete and hmm. then environments that are just blank walls that's wow. and, crazy and you can include your own furniture elements from third-party producers i suppose like marauders uh, or uh, playmobil 
exactly. <laughs> that wouldn't call yeah. them a third party. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can invite. Yeah, if you have. And there's cool things we, we looked at uh, recently. Um, those mm. Japanese things. Yes. Uh, oh, joy toy bases. Yeah. Joy toy bases. Absolutely. All your own elements. You can kind of populate these rooms with if you don't want the kind of, you know, two D backdrop effect. And if you're a G.I. Joe Burb Force Patreon subscriber, mm-hmm. uh, I've got some 3D uh, cardboard uh, consoles and things you can fill into those rooms as well if you really want to. There are two, very nice. are very two nice. variations. You're going to have to make them yourself, though. Uh, print them out, get them printed out. You can put them together with some glue, and you have a cool cardboard 3D computer console to slap into your awesome new gi joe hq set from the cartoon and by the way this is totally not like a inter-agency cooperation thing i just totally did it because it would be fun to do but it's great to see that this guy's done it <laughs> and i'm like yay i can make more 3d diorama stuff for the patreons so gary in the chat asks did he announce the next project he had been teasing uh-huh he did indeed you're jumping the gun gary uh yes so everyone going into joe fest knew about this it has uh, been available online for anyone unav- unavailable to attend. But, of course, that happened Should on Robin the 28th of guess. May. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could do that. What, what's next, gents? From Rob, Screamin' you, Eamon. What do you think he's going to do next, Rob? You I guess first. I'll guess next. Uh, I, I would love it if you did the, um, the, the Call-a-thon studio. That would be amazing. The, the kind of Cobra-thon. <laughs> oh, the Cobra-thon. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I was going to say uh, Silent Castle, actually. That's, I Ooh, kind of feel like that's a that good would be, one. like, if you're going to do something better than this, uh, or your next your next song should be uh, should be a Silent Castle after doing this one. Well, but Paul, anyway, people, that's... Might, people might accuse you of having a sneak peek, but, uh, I, but I'm I pretty sure I you're oblivious. No the way! Cobra that's so Temple cool. is, uh, is on the cards. Um, yep. The oh, okay. October. Wow. That's yes. very cool. End of October, they're looking to get the Cobra Temple into production and into people's hands. Wow. But everyone looking at that image, it's hugely inspired by the Silent Castle. I mean, no, these things actually probably happened the other way around. The Silent Castle maybe drew some inspiration from... Because isn't that the Cobra Temple from the Master Vice? Yeah, but... Oh, yeah. No, this is very... Yeah, this is actually tricky ground now, hey? Because... Didn't Larry Harmer say he specifically designed the, the Silent Castle to have certain features to it? Like he didn't want yeah. it to be... Yeah, so... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't take anything away from the fact that the, like, setting up the the, the sort of the, the, the look Bible for the Silent Castle was entirely Larry's, but uh, whoever did this sort of scenic design for the Master Vice kind of predated Larry's so, designs. I see so, something in our comments now as well. There's some cross-pollination. Um, but it, it gets better, gents, if you can believe it. Are we done commenting on the silent... Or <laughs> well, the I Cobra just want to mention... I want to mention one, one of the comments from our live audience members, uh, Iron Munger, that's Gary Viola, has mentioned that Larry has admitted to seeing the storyboards before issue 21. So it seems like I'm there was a little bit of cross-pollination there. Yeah. And as, as Ryan said... A USS flag would also be quite amazing. You could actually do something with this. You could actually build the USS flag using this method. Man, it'd be so Indeed. funny if they did that. 
Hey. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they did that? No. The huge reveal from Scream and Eamon Customs at JoeFest was a Kickstarter kickoff event, which is going to happen next year at JoeFest. So this is this is some long-range stuff. But this time next year, they will be an- announcing the Kickstarter for a 1 to 18 scale Nimitz-inspired aircraft carrier. That is insane. Well, and I'm it, gonna read the features out. Arrest the cable out. with tail hook, LED lighting throughout. It has anti-aircraft gun and missiles, a hangar to the flight deck elevator, Oof. a hangar deck that fits F-14s and Sikorsky slash Chinook style helicopters, a lower deck with launch that fits a full-size hovercraft plus more features. It's three feet or three and a half feet tall, sorry. Its uh, flight deck is three feet wide. It has the antenna and radar arrays, elevated battle decks hold dozens of figures, and it has three a three-level island with a pry fly, bridge, and more. I'm not sure what a pry fly is. Sorry, my, my lingo seems to be a little bit slow off the mark today, but it has 100% plastic construction. It's not going Whoa. to be keeping out with cardboard or any other kind of uh, boards. And it's nine and a half feet long, however long that is. Well, I'm half expecting them to like advertise that with like, put that in the ocean now, GI Joe Berg. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge gratefully accepted, but uh, they're going to have to sponsor it because I believe you need to start saving now if you want to afford this Kickstarter. I like, imagine so, yeah. <laughs> put put a hundred dollars away from now and you you might you might be all right <laughs> wow okay yeah but i mean a that's a month it'd be worth it i think <laughs> i mean after seeing that uh the, the gi joe base um and i imagine after seeing what, what they do at the temple this will be insane admit, i i think i'm definitely the target market for that um that temple like i mean uh how much was the 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 gi joe hq was what like three hundred dollars yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, about that two ninety nine. Sure. Okay, so then one one <laughs> yeah. can assume then that the temple might be double that. Yeah, um, say I say like four five hundred dollars, I'd imagine. Mm. And then I think the shipping on the other one, I think it's said international was eighty. You probably up that to one hundred and twenty. So say six hundred and something dollars in total. Yeah, but then this is a speculation. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's speculation. I mean, I can I can always ship it to me through other channels that are a little bit more affordable. But, yeah, twenty five dollars. You're gonna do better than eighty dollars shipping, bro. I can do better than eighty dollars shipping on one item, <laughs> uh, depending on how much it weighs. I'm pretty sure it's not gonna weigh more than two kilograms or three kilograms. So, seems they've got yeah. lower decks that include CATCC, CVIC, an engine slash reactor room, a galley, a hangar, a launch bay, and more. So this is definitely taking the sort of additions that people have done to their uss flags and running with that mm-hmm. idea putting it all in make, there making them official like really utilizing the bottom space that an aircraft carrier toy or playset provides well and gary then, in the comments saying uh, stre- a good stretch goal for the carrier would be a hull that allows it to float so i imagine <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't actually build this to be able to float I mean, straight out the box, obviously. I'm wondering how many people in this world are crazy enough to put their flags to sea. Like, we've seen a lot of people do the 
the skateboard upgrade to their flag, which I realized when looking at my blog was something that G.I. Joburg did as early as 2011. Just saying, just saying, just saying. <laughs> but um, but putting it to sea, that's, that's ballsy. And Rob, if you recall that day, that one day that we actually pulled it off, because mm -hmm. it was actually one day, we had to get all our shots done in a record amount of time because like our various other attempts had been squashed by bad weather, too much wind, crowds, not enough time. Like mm. it was such a fiddly thing to do and to trek the flag in kind of various parts, kind of a relay from the car park down to the, the, the ocean. It was yeah, a... but that was that was our experience. It was a definitely a crazy experience. But I mean, I'm I'm sure there are other people in the world where it'll be easier. You know, all I'm saying yachts. is it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, those few yeah. shots that we managed to get, we we worked for. Oh yes. Mm. Anyways, gents, I think I um we've spoken enough about that. Are there any <laughs> reveals from uh, from other third party creators that are, are worth mentioning at this point? I believe um, Valiverse, they they showed off the Series 2 of the figures that are coming out, I believe, in November. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. I found a couple of pics, but only on Instagram. Well, to be fair, I mean, I was on Facebook on and off this weekend, and I didn't see a lot of this stuff on Facebook, <laughs> uh, but I did peek some of it. Well, I mean, on... it's 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 only, the, it's only the day after at this point. So the these, these pics... Come yeah. from McDowan. He he was lucky enough to attend Jofest this year, and they they actually had all of the figures from Series One and Series Two. You could play with them; they were in hand. You can kind of take a look at them. Um, Bobby was was on hand to take notes, apparently. So what you're seeing now is a couple of the figures from Series Two. Um, so first up is the Garrison Valkyrie figure, looking mm. very 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 cool. Very much These like he's bad just guys. someone over. I believe so, yes. Hmm. He looks really cool. There's a Delta Force gear pack, which uh, will complement the Delta Force figure, which I believe would be the, the, green, the, the green shirt of the, the Valiverse. We've got an Intel report from Ryan in the chat saying that Wave 1 will be in hand in September. Whew, the long wait is over. Yeah, and wave two fast. orders will start right after that. And they also yeah, have a Sergeant Slammer variant in the Action Force box. Nice, yes. Nice. So there's another figure. Trigger is a, is, a, is a new figure for Series 2. And there, there's this guy. I don't know the name. <laughs> he uh, he's looks got pretty sort of cool. Part of, part, part of blue armor and he's uh, probably tan part of lower the, legs. Uh, it's a bit like Starduster. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the, the second celebrity bottom. reveal, Duster, oh. who's based off um, Tim Kennedy, who, if, if, you, if you aren't familiar with him, he's a retired MMA uh, fighter and a current soldier. He's fought in UFC and Strike Force. Uh, he's, he's quite a well-known dude. Sweet. And, yeah, so he's the second celebrity to join the line along with Sergeant Slaughter, and they announced a variant for Series 2, a bare arm variant, and this is him. So you get not one, but two Sergeant Slaughter figures in this line. And Sergeant Slaughter apparently was at Jofist this year, and he was repping the, the Valiverse. So that, that's pretty freaking awesome. Now, what I've got to say about um, the original release for the Sarge, I 
kind of can't get over seeing him wearing that many items of clothing. <laughs> so, so to see some suns out, guns out, you know, Sarge in a tank top, that works. I, I do approve of that. Um, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, as I say, it's always going to be a little bit of a knee jerk when I see Sarge wearing a jacket and, you know, long sleeves. I'm like, he's got to show off his guns. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, Sarge's days in the ring um, have come to an end. He's a public figure now. But, like, in my mind, Sergeant Slaughter, the G.I. Joe, or now Action Force character, will forever be that, like, He Man kind of physique. Always running around the battlefield wearing, you know, very little. Yeah. And another one of the bad guys, a new one, is Scarabs. Oh, the Scarabs are cool. I remember this looks fantastic. Uh, Bobby revealed that hit sculpt once upon a time. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it was that because I that looks very familiar. But that's a very cool looking figure. It's a wild head sculpt. I really yeah, like, I this. I like the kind of accents the the yellow or the gold and the black and the silver. Mm. And it kind of fits in with with the stuff that they've, they've been releasing it's so far. Trooper, you know, yeah. the, the swarm trooper and the and the swarm gear pack. I mean, it definitely builds on what they've been doing so far with the with the bad guys. Yeah, and so those are the the Valiverse, the new things coming out of Valiverse. There's something very, very, very grotesque soon. about putting your head in like a a clear bubble, especially mm -hmm. when it's like an opaque yellow bubble. Like it just looks unhealthy. It looks like this guy's some kind of <laughs> toxo zombie creature. Like yeah, there was a sure. subtle bit of that in. Um, Prometheus, I reckon. Like, didn't they mm. have like a, a bit of a yellow glow on the inside of the sort of domes? Yes, it did look yeah. a, little, a little bit sick. Yeah, something not right with these guys. But yeah, it's perfect to, to, to per perfect way to clothe your baddies. And if so you are into the the mission files, the the comic books that that Bobby's been producing in, uh, in you know, in, with the the toys themselves, issue six will apparently focus very much on dust duster. And kind of introducing his character into the action force. Excellent. Hell yeah. Well done, Bobby. Paul, anything uh, out of the reveals that you'd like to draw our attention to, or shall we move on? Uh, no, man. I, I think, Rob, you nailed it, dude. I think the only thing, uh, like, I did see a picture of it. It was kind of late. Um, and I didn't get, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't grab it. And then when I looked for it, I couldn't find it again. But it was just the classic action force uh, packaging for that uh, new Sergeant Slaughter. Or Sergeant Slammer, should I say? Um, yes, they did show some of the, the the packaging. It's very cool. They come with like a window box packaging, so it's not blister card packaging, mm -hmm. um, and it it looks really cool. And they, I believe they all come with little fire card, file cards at the back. Oh yes, that's rollout. The 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 blackout, the blue the blue top is called rollout. Thank you, Ryan. <clears throat> Anybody also, familiar with call sign longbow? I'm not. Give me, give me the four on one. Well, mm. these are the images that have been revealed so far. There are six figures. They are going to have a very classic O-ring style construction. Classic GI Joe. They'll be able to fit in nicely. Um, forgive me for saying this, and it is a very clear art style, but I don't think the art style necessarily sells this concept as well as these two bits of information that I'm going to sell to you right now. <laughs> um, the first exciting thing that, that really tickled me, which, which uh, 
turns me on to this line is that it is distinctly set in 1986. Ah. The plot line of it, yeah, the, the creators are, are hell-bent on keeping it kind of couched in a, in a retro timeline as well as the retro aesthetic. These things go mm. so well together. And it was a time when you could make a baddie out of the Soviet Union <laughs> because the Soviet Union doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, they can do things that perhaps the G.I. Joe comic book was hamstrung against doing and the cartoon. Like, the bad guys in this environment are the Ruskies or the Ruskies of old, the Reds. Uh, so that's one thing, the kind of the, the, the distinctly retro era that they want to set it in the other thing that excited me and you're not going to see it in the images that i'm currently displaying or the images that have currently been revealed of the the first few characters but they are going to do things that gi joe always stopped short of like having a baddie wearing just like a tracksuit you know which is totally something that you would have seen in, in the balkans or in uh, Eastern Europe at the time, you know, baddies. So basically, like so, so basically a Russian soldier in Adidas pants, Adidas shirt and Adidas shoes. Gold chain, spiky nice. hairdo, totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, and some like shitty Eastern European car to, to make his getaway in. Look, that's something that excited me a great deal. The fact that, that you've got- very cool potential yeah potential to create character bases that are very unlike anything that ever, anyone is currently doing and certainly not in an o-ring style like all the o-ring style guys are very distinctly military like to have some more i suppose civilian looking guys that's huge and also ah they've added one point of articulation over the the classic o-ring and it's something that i'm sure we'll all rejoice over the wrists have a swivel oh fantastic excellent. yeah that yeah. is a good perfect. addition perfect perfect any uh they are not ready to to roll it out just yet the kickstarter hasn't started but they're unveiling things piecemeal and i i do believe they sound like they are going to do things the right way and doing things the right way is doing things the time consuming way so if we are all just patient uh, we will have some brand new O-ring fan-produced product one day. Very cool. Yeah, hmm. I kind of I think with that line. Um, I mean, uh, you you mentioned it earlier. How they, I mean, I, okay. I'll be honest. The images aren't jumping out at me. I'm not going. Oh my word, that's like amazing. I love that. But I kind of feel that that's kind of the point of the the line is to to have them very realistically um, sort of done and portray uh, all. Have the figures come across as a bit more realistic um, and not I'm as like bombastic as jokes? I'm confident so, that once we start seeing production shots, no, like, will, things will really start getting excited. Exciting. No, that's like seeing, that's exactly the thing I wanted to get at. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like I think I think the toys. I, I think the images might feel understated, but when you see them as toys, you're going to be like, oh wow, okay, this is actually it. I get it now. Um, and that's that's actually what makes them what's going to make this line special, I think. Anyway, I'm I'm excited to see that. I'm, we must uh, follow them on Insta so we can can track their their progress. Yep. Yeah. Like I say, guys, the Kickstarter for Call Sign Longbow has not yet opened, but 
The website is live and you can find it at cslongbow.com. Nice. Gents, topic time. Hey. It's been almost a decade since we talked on the topic of our idealistic approach to G.I. Joe in cinema. And I'm afraid my idealism has been tempered somewhat with the realities of filmmaking and the realities of modern Hollywood. And I think my opening remark on the G.I. Joe movie and, and, and a potential pitch idea that I might have is that as with a lot of things I, I've said recently, I think what we're getting is kind of the almost the best case scenario at this point. Like there's certain concessions that have to be made to bring G.I. Joe into the now. Uh, we, we're not going to see a retro Vietnam War era origin story uh, and then follow the team through into the early 80s where things really kick off against Cobra. Like that was my original idea and and that's what everyone kind of wants from, a G well, when I say everyone, diehard fans like yours truly and those of us listening to this podcast um that's what we want right we want to see the story that we've always associated with gi joe a real american hero portrayed on the big screen what could be more exciting than to see that level of investment and to see these characters realized into flesh and blood and you know visceral live action images that we could watch and rewatch forever finally the gi joe movie we've all been waiting for the reality is Sadly, we're never going to get that. It's a, a lofty goal and somewhat of an unachievable one. So given the kind of moderation that I've had to do to my, my own expectations, like what we're getting in terms of a, a very tightly packaged martial arts slash action flick, very much in the same kind of aesthetic as like a Fast and Furious or John Wick movie, is kind of the best we can do for now at least they're cobra symbols in it like mm. at least there will be some iconography that 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 ring ring for us and, and um tickle our nostalgia feels but uh, going around the mic gents of the now what is your proposed gi joe concept pitch what do you think would work alongside what they are putting out I must admit, going into this, I was thinking of playing the whole, I want to break it out of a movie and make it a, a very cool, like, uh, TV series kind of vibe. And then, you know, kind of keep it like a short season, like a 10, se I mean, 10 episode a season kind of thing. But uh, yeah, but let's focus on it being a movie instead. And thanks to the Marvel Universe, or Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I feel like filmmaking has changed a little bit in that you don't have to make one big movie and then have the big bad sequel for that movie you can kind of have an introductory movie and then kind of build into different characters and i think uh I, what i would like to see is i would like to see like uh a gi joe film right now where instead of it being like the whole formation of gi joe or should i say the formation of gi joe is like an underlying thing kind of like the adventures like we kind of you know, if you're a fan, you know that they're going to become G.I. Joe. But I think it would be awesome if the G.I. Joe sub-teams, for example, existed before G.I. Joe. So, for example, 
something like Night Force or, um, God forbid, Battle Force 2000. Or, I mean, I know <laughs> technically that's out of canon, but like, if you think about it, like if if a if a film based on like the Night Force, and you got all the the characters from the Night Force, and they were on these like hectic missions, and you know you, you got to get some like landmark moments. That could be an interesting thing uh, if they get uh, brought into, you know, they all encounter Cobra and then another special forces team also, you know, joins with them and then they become, you know, like they start forming GI Joe slowly. That's one way of doing it. Um, and the, the model I would use for that, and you're going to laugh at me a little bit, uh, aside from just the Marvel model, but, and I can't believe I'm saying this and I'm not a fan. I swear to everybody listening to this podcast, but Fast and the Furious does kind of do that quite well. I hate to say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> because Fast and the Furious has got a way of like building up these different sort of character teams and then putting them all together for things. And then like they can still take uh, two of their characters and make a spin-off movie. And it's actually quite a lot of fun. And I kind of feel like a G.I. Joe universe could work like that. You know, like you could have uh, Chuckles and scoop <laughs> um and like maybe like a duke or something like that you know working on some kind of crazy mission or they get tied into you know they they get drawn to each other because duke has to go and like maybe do something and scoops like being all nosy and then duke has to like save scoop a little bit and then finds out no actually scoop is a pretty hardcore soldier himself and then they do a whole bunch of stuff and that's kind of like it's nothing like totally coherent it's more conceptual that that's where i'm coming from it's like think that would be interesting for G.I. Joe, how it could go forward. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's it's really difficult to kind of let go of the whole 80s aesthetic um, because it fits so well in that time period. Um, mm. You know, with, with Cobra having these kind of weird out there tech, tech stuff. Um, but it seems like you can't market like period piece movies that much anymore, as I think Stephen's kind of coming from. from. Certainly not so in you, the mainstream. <clears throat> Yeah, it kind of has to be said right now, and you go it from there. It would feel fuddy-duddy <clears throat> and, like, throwback. And also, like, real-world conflict does not a kind of inviting summer blockbuster make, it seems. So yeah. setting it in the real world, even if it was a conflict of decades ago, like Vietnam, well, half a century, in fact, more, mm. um, it would perhaps have some negative resonances. I mean, it, obviously, it has negative res resonances. There is a real conflict. There were hundreds of thousands of lives lost, perhaps even close to a million. I don't know. Half a, half a million uh, U.S. troops, I believe. Anyways, mm -hmm. and that's just the American side. Like, you know, Obviously, Vietnamese losses were, well, if you believe everything you read, a lot higher. I mean, they've been fighting since, since the Second World War, I think. Anyways. This isn't a history lesson. <laughs> uh, it, it just kind of doesn't leave uh, the kind of taste you want for your popcorn munching summer blockbuster kind yeah, of. Yeah, you kind of want to keep it as fictional as possible. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's the US. These US forces are international forces versus um, you know um, I suppose you know groups of terrorists. And then I, I mean, I really like the idea that Paul kind of came up with, um, where you kind of introduce different <laughs> Does it involves scoop. <laughs> no, because it's an but also the kind of groups, the, the kind of like slow building up towards um, where they they encounter different you know aspects of Cobra or these terrorist groups that kind of have connections to them. So you're slowly building up the the enemy um, threat 
but you're also introducing different groups of characters so that you can kind of connect with them easier than you would say with just one movie going, oh, here's Snake Eyes, um, he's the main character, and oh, then there's all these other people that you might like. <laughs> yeah. so you kind of do treat it almost like a superhero build-up, like the Marvel Universe. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's so difficult to let go of that awesome 80s aesthetic. It's, it's, mm. I still feel like it would be so amazing, but it just wouldn't, it, it really wouldn't work today um, in, in building up. Yeah, so I think the Grusa characters are a very cool idea. Um, and kind of like slowly building up to the G.I. Joe movie itself and kind of building up the, the tension of who Cobra is. Um, even though, I mean, as Joe fans, we know who Cobra is. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you keep it modern, you keep it fast. I mean, you can kind of make it very humorous, I think, at the same time. Maybe not as mm. humorous as, as the actual Marvel movies, but I mean, kind of make the characters interesting and different and kind of build up your interest and your connections with them. So you can have yeah. major things going crazy because also with introducing so many characters, you can actually kill off a bunch of characters too and make the stakes feel real. More real, so say, than in the Marvel movies where, you know, eventually you'll kill off maybe a, a character, um, but yeah. it's only at the end. You know, spoilers for Endgame. <laughs> and also, like, one of the cool things that, like, the the Avengers film did, or like looking back now, I mean, when I watched the Avengers, I was like, okay, it's like it's cool, whatever. But looking back now, I'm like, it's actually quite smart, especially now that I'm watching the Loki TV series. It's kind of making me think about that those episodes or those movies a little bit. But um, you know, the Avengers really only become the Avengers because the city is under siege. Everything's like falling apart and blowing up. No, and it's because Coulson died. <laughs> yes, I know, but and that, yeah, but that's. Put- Put blood all over Captain America. He's got these cards in his pocket. <laughs> no, but no, but that's definitely yeah, that's the catalyst. But what was really great, like cinematically, was oh, cool. You know, the city is like it is being smashed. It's not like they're saving the uh, the the city. It's not like oh, here comes a big bad something, and we're gonna stop it. Oh, the city made it through scot free. It's like the city gets trashed, and they're right in the middle of it, and they're trying to do the best they can, and then. Like, it's kind of like, okay, well, it turns out uh, Earth needs uh, Avengers. <laughs> you know, yeah, like so like the Earth, you know, the Earth does need G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, so like in this case, it could be like, you know, America, well, yeah, the world needs these guys because this terrorist force attacks and blows up and destroys everything, not just the Eiffel Tower, but actually <laughs> really causes some serious damage. Um, well, they destroyed all of London in retaliation. And I'm very yeah. butthurt. I heard murmurings that the extended cut of retaliation, by all accounts, the superior cut, and by my personal account, the cut that I have not seen, was available on Amazon Prime. I guess not in Australia. It's not. Boo. Oof. I, don't I didn't even know there was an extended cut. cut. Yeah, there mm. is. It's actually quite good. I got it long ago. Okay. I borrowed it from the internet. <laughs> indeed you did <laughs> gents this topic has definitely been in the waters because our good friend and previous guest dustin cordish posted it on facebook in fact uh saying that he was thinking about the snake eyes movie and potential other approaches that could have been taken and i'd just like to read an excerpt from his and then an excerpt from uh, one of the comments i was thinking of taking gi joe in a different direction it's sort of been done already but to me it's just way too cool to s- simply from a design st- standpoint in another dimension it's world war ii but the global threat is cobra and their snake cult trying to take over the world 
A scrappy band of soldiers from several nations are assembled to take it down. He's had lots of other thoughts of what could be integrated into a storyline, like super soldier clones, Crimson Gods, and Bats in particular. But to me, World War II films are always enjoyable. A horrid period in world history, yeah, but the look of it is always amazing to me. Anyway, I'm eager to try sketching out some stuff this weekend. And to wit, I'd like to show some images. So that, Dustin that has sketched a vamp slash Willy's Jeep. Uh, very nicely done. It's got some of the swooping lines of the, the vamp's front and rear, but it's unmistakably the, the classic Jeep. Uh, I think it's a great hybrid of the two. Fantastic, in fact. Slap uh, a dual repeating gun on the top. <laughs> and uh, you've got me sold, brother. Mm. Anyways, uh, what did you have to share there, Paul? Cool. Well, one of our Bergforce members and one of our regular commenters on our videos and longtime uh, supporter of G.I. Joe Berg, Gaz, uh, he sent a message to Patreon and it's, Hi, guys. I think I may have a topic for you to discuss on a future episode. As far as I can tell, and I'm only partially through your catalog, that you touched on this in a debate. I, I was thinking for a topic, if Hasbro handed G.I. Joburg the reins to the G.I. Joe slash Hasbro Cinematic Universe, what would you do story-wise, crossover-wise? Would you cross G.I. Joe with Transformers or, or not? Mask? Would Venom be an offshoot a terrorist organization or just a criminal organization? And the many other properties they have, would or how would you handle them? Thanks, Gaz. So, yeah, so Gaz is like, how would we do a crossover, like, and uh, from anything in the Hasbro verse? Uh, I think, I mean, the way that at least we've been kind of talking about it so far tonight is it sounds like we are kind of building on a, a Hasbro verse, as it were, but just using G.I. Joe, you know, introducing hmm. different sub teams. I thought that was a really cool idea. And you could, you could do that with the rest of the, the Hasbro verse, Transformers, I think you definitely have Mask in there as well. Mm. Um, kind of teaming up with, with G.I. Joe to kind of take on Venom. You could even have Venom as the the first enemies that they face together and have Cobra mm. be the enemies after Venom. You know, as, as kind of like the even bigger bad guy. Yeah. And then I suppose that eventually <laughs> you can have different team-ups and stuff like Decepticons and, and, and Cobra. Um I actually saw a really cool uh, picture recently. Uh, I wish I could have found it, but where someone mocked up a uh, Megatron, but as Cobra Commander, like Megatron looking like Cobra Commander. It was oh, really, really yes. cool. I've seen that, yeah. That, is that really was cool. a really cool picture. Trying to see if I could find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you, you definitely could bring them all together. Um, hopefully redesign the Transformers so they look more like Transformers than... Than the Michael Bay, <laughs> the ones. I, I love the idea of crossing GI Joe over with Transformers, you know, and and also the mask thing. I mean, that's totally down. But one of my favorite uh, sort of crossover comics is IDW's take on GI Joe versus Transformers, or I think it was just Transformers and GI Joe, and it's set in World War Two, and ah. it's really really cool. Yeah, and the aesthetic is like spot on like i love the design of everything there it's very dark it's very it's got a very like old school military comic style but it's sort of like a modern version of an old school comic style well that but kind anyway. of feeds into dustin's idea as well yeah it does. In an alternate reality where you know world war ii continued maybe <laughs> and uh, then you're gonna love this comment from michael sweat as a follow-up 
who says that for <laughs> me, the perfect model on which to base a G.I. Joe movie is the film Where Eagles Dare. Oh, wow. Ah, so hey. also World War II aesthetic, but, you know, small group of operatives. And, and he goes on to, to detail it quite nicely. So if you, if you will permit me, gentlemen, I imagine a cold open where a small group of shadowy figures emerge from the surf at night and move into the jungle. They dispatch a couple of Cobra guards and w without a word, and it's revealed to be Stalker, Snake Eyes, Scarlet, and maybe two or three other Joes. As they move deeper into the jungle, a flashback shows the briefing where Hawk instructs them to infiltrate Cobra Island, secure an objective like a prisoner or a doomsday weapon, and then lower the defenses to enable a full-scale assault. And you just watch the team move methodically through the jungle, scale a cliff, enter the dungeons of the citadel, etc., while taking out the occasional patrol. Meanwhile, you get just a couple of scenes of Cobra leadership talking about their plan. Eventually, the infiltration team cuts loose, and a battle ensues as they bring down defenses two-thirds of the way through the movie. Then we see the cool vehicles launching from the flag and meeting the Cobra forces on the water, land, and sky. They cram in as many quick shots of as many different characters and vehicles as possible, but keep jumping back to the main infiltration team who have now discovered, oh no, that there's an even graver threat that must be stopped before a countdown. The Joes kick ass and just barely escape the island in time to relax exhaustedly in a transport back to base. A mid-credits scene confirms Cobra Commander survived and will have his revenge. So yes, pure action, non-stop, very much kind of a real-time approach. So yeah. this doesn't span dozens of, of years or months and, and various locations. It's very much visceral and in the moment and in the now. Uh, I, I think that's great. It would make for a movie that I would watch and watch and watch basically on repeat, particularly mm. if you manage to cram in as many vehicles and characters, even if it's just a cameo. Like, I, I think for my particular movie pitch when it comes to G.I. Joe is that it's not G.I. Joe unless it's got a tomahawk in it. <laughs> it's not G.I. Joe unless it's got a Night Raven or a Sky Striker or a Rattler or a Terradrome. Those designs are essential. So while it falls short of necessarily a pitch idea, I mean, Michael's given us a perfect vehicle right now. I think I'm almost going to just ride that one and just, just underline the fact that in this retelling or the, the idealized G.I. Joe book presentation of a G.I. Joe film, you've got to include the vehicles. They are well, every bit as important to character as Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are. That's certainly a, another excellent approach. It's not actually worrying about building up stuff. Because um, there have been successful um, war-type movies where you're not so much worried about knowing every single character and what's going on. It's more about the action of the moment and mm. what's happening in the movie itself. I mean, I think a very good example of that would be Black Hawk Down, mm. where there are a lot of characters in that movie and there's a lot of stuff happening. But it's more about knowing what they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve very clear, clearly, and kind of just following them on the ground as they go and do the stuff that they're trying to do. Because Gianjo is a huge property and there's lots of characters. You don't have to have it be super character focused and building up over hundreds of movies. You can literally just jump into the action, go crazy, and, and go from there, essentially. You do have to strike a bit of a balance with tone, though, because Black Hawk Down, in being such a realistic portrayal, kind of made everything very beige. You have to 
Yeah, no, for sure. Attention I mean, I'm, to I'm, know which team you're dealing with. Is it the Seals? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be exactly like that. I'm just using that as an example of. Oh, it's a great example. Of, and, and, well, make your, you know, and the, very you know, much like style. you know, it's it's action that's hap- that's unfolding very much almost in real time. So that's mm. that's a great idea. Um, add to that the colorful characters, costumes, and vehicles. Yeah, exactly. All the recognizable vehicles. Perfect. There you go. Mm-hmm. And also, incredible. I'd also like to ha- uh, uh, to to throw a few of these in there, just you know, just for the the visual fun of it. But you know, you mentioned like something like the tomahawk. And uh, you know, <laughs> every available opportunity, opportunity, <laughs> we have a forthcoming premiere uh, review. Uh, the wait page is available on YouTube, I'll link it below. I was going to unveil this next week, but hey, why not set a reminder now? Um, yes, as part of the Iconicon, uh, GI Joeberg will be premiering its review, long awaited, if you ask me, of the Tomahawk. Uh, mm. <laughs> a mutual friend, Ben, from uh, well from the Art of Timers, but uh, most specifically Talking <clears throat> Joe, one of the founding members, he cannot believe that G.I. Joeberg has not done a review of the Tomahawk yet because he knows that I'm a huge fan. So, yes, <laughs> it's time. It's time well, to finally... That, that has to do with our original, I think, methodology was not to do reviews of things that had been reviewed quite a bit by <laughs> other people. Exactly. So that's kind of why we necessarily left it by the wayside. But it's also it's also got a different approach as well. So it's not just a review; it's mm-hmm. something else. It's, but it's like, yeah, let, but let's not overhype it. Uh, <laughs> let's just let's just say that finally you get to hear GI Joeberg's voice on the on the tomahawk, and I think that in itself is is kind of special, um, or yeah, not yeah. special, and, and that does that's that's at viewer's discretion, I suppose. The <laughs> internet cannot have enough tomahawk <laughs> reviews, in my opinion. So I mean, come on. Anyone listening to this, you guys are already sold, right? You'll be there. The premiere. Uh, gosh, when is it? It's on the 8th if you're in the United States. Uh, <laughs> Eastern time. Um, quarter to 10. No? Quarter? To... Uh, just go to the YouTube wait page. It'll have uh, the time in local. <laughs> and, like, so... Now I've got this like visual of like what Michael commented on Dustin's idea. I've got Dustin's idea. I've got what Steven's thinking of with like night ravens and tomahawks and everything in it. And now my idea of this World War Two, like World War Two version of GI Joe, okay, is like playing on this concept of somewhere there is like super technology like that each side has, you know, and I, that could also link to Gaz's suggestion of, like, a crossover idea. So, like, maybe it's the precursor, like, to the technology used by Mask um, that we actually might find out is actually Cybertronian. We can get, like, we can build the whole verse here. The whole, the film's grade and style could, like, mirror something that is possibly a marriage between, I hope I don't freak people out here when I say Sucker Punch, but also <laughs> the the most recent uh, Wolfenstein games or Wolfenstein, if you prefer, um, games, uh, which are beautiful, and I cannot help but feel like I'm playing with the most badass version of Duke ever constructed in a uh, in any media, because that's what Wolfenstein feels like for me. Um, and there's a lot of GI Joe esque elements in that, and there's a lot of sort of um, the world splinters, like history splinters, instead of it going the way we know it does. Um, it changes because of, of new technology. And so 
you know, instead of having big bombers, well, they still have them, instead of the, the classic World War II bombers that have mounted guns on them and things like that, uh, it now introduces something to World War II that wasn't really there, which is something like a Tomahawk. And they've actually got a vehicle which is very much like a Tomahawk. Um, it just happens to be more of an, like, an Osprey-style vehicle. But, I mean, it's got a door gun, and it drops you into the, the area, and it helps get you out, and it's does all kinds of amazing G.I. Joe-esque action figure vehicle things that are so cool. And so, yeah, so World War II film with this, like, sort of slant to, to futuristic technology that shouldn't belong there, that if it did, would have changed World War II um, dramatically in the, in the course of it. Yeah, I'm done. I can see that movie happening. <laughs> Sorry, this is a combination of like everything, everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. differ from both of you in, in a few material respects by saying that I don't want it to be this kind of hybrid concept. Uh, it's a wonderful um, exercise of the mind, what Dustin's doing and taking G.I. Joe designs and couching them in, in World War II era aesthetics. And like you said, in that IDW Transformers crossover, that is exactly what happened, particularly to the Transformers designs. That was a great exercise in like, how do you make a Transformer into a Corsair or a Sherman yeah. tank or like a big artillery piece of that era? Like those yeah. are, it's cool aesthetically, but I'm going to say hell to the no for my G.I. Joe ultimate movie. It's got to have the designs as they were, you know, realized in plastic. Maybe you can expand their sizing. Certainly a Tomahawk can be a far more uh, uh, substantial helicopter on the silver screen because, you know, the, the, the toy is cramped. It's, it's, it's a very small helicopter um, in real-world terms. You want to kind of perhaps expand that a little bit um, to actually have characters be able to stand up inside instead of <laughs> knock their heads. So yes, the, the designs are so key to me. So I would not want to see a World War II interpretation of that helicopter in an Osprey style. Thank you very much, Paul. No, I'm not <laughs> saying it should be. You misunderstand me. I'm not saying it should be an Osprey. I'm saying it should be the Tomahawk. But I'm describing the vehicle that was used in Wolfenstein because oh. that thing okay. is very much a surrogate for the Tomahawk, in my in my personal opinion, in that game. And when and you, if, if you get a chance to play that game... Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to play that game. But the other material respect I'd like to differ from you guys is I say hell to the no in terms of crossing over G.I. Joe with Mask, Transformers, or any kind of like alien tech. Like, yeah. let's, let's start a G.I. Joe film off a little bit more subtly. Like, mm. as Michael alluded to, like a small team of elite operators doing something highly skilled... That's what G.I. Joe is about. That's the core play pattern of G.I. Joe. Larry Harmon knew it. He knew it all too well. I mean, in Operation Lady Doomsday, G.I. Joe, issue number one, it was a small team infiltrating an island held by Cobra to stop a lady with a doomsday device in her head. And these teams then paved the way for a massive assault to come later. This is the play pattern suggested by G.I. Joe. Mm. You've got these individuated characters. You're not... You're not dealing with huge armies going toe-to-toe -to -toe against one another. You're dealing with small skirmishes and, mm. and really getting into the nitty-gritty of these characters. That is G.I. Joe to me. The second mm. you start introducing huge 
galactic stakes like the Transformers and like Cybertronian tech and some kind of doomsday world ending weapon, you've lost me. I start, I start, you know, my, my, my eyeline starts drifting to the exits in the cinema and to my popcorn and to my telephone. If you want to really engage me, keep it personal, keep it small scale. Mm. I think that's, that's somewhat of what Snake Eyes is trying to do, but having read the advance uh, synopsis as I have, I fear it might be trying to do too much. It might be trying right. to do to have its cake, eat its cake, and still have cake. Uh, come the end of July, you will all know what I'm talking about, for good or for ill. But <laughs> I want things small scale, and to do that, to do that right. I was daydreaming the other day and thought, you know, the best way to take this Snake Eyes movie and in spite of all that it might do to twist people's canonical view of what G.I. Joe is, all the kind of damage it might do in that respect to the longtime fans, you want to, if you want to undo all of that, if you want to save the day, as it were, and give every single classic old school Joe fan like yours truly what they've always wanted from a cinematic G.I. Joe experience all you need to do to save this film is for the last 20 minutes to be a cinematic one for one recreation of the silent issue hmm that's the climax of your Snake Eyes movie. Rescue Scarlet from the Silent Castle. Very little dialogue. You open with a C-130 high above the mountains. And in the belly of this red glowing craft, you see a silhouetted Snake Eyes with goggles, I might add. So get all the signifiers right, you know. You've built toward this moment. You've had the friendship. You've seen finally, you know, front-ended the friendship of Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes deteriorate. And you've reached this point in the last 20 minutes of the film where Snake Eye, Storm Shadow has Scarlet as his captive and has taken her to his new masters, Cobra Command. Just give us, give us the silent, silent interlude. That would be spectacular i'm getting hairs on the back of my neck just thinking about having those moments realized in live action <laughs> of course it's, it's not gonna happen wake up everybody <laughs> but you know hey. it's the perfect thing because it's not era specific it's not dependent on anything this film already presupposes cobra's existence so you're not having to create a backstory for cobra it could literally have meshed well regardless of what like chicanery they do in this film what kind of other stuff they have around the Ashikage and gi joe if you bring this conflict to a head just with those three characters and like a smattering of destro and cobra commander just for good measure oh it's not gonna <laughs> happen like i say but that's that was my daydream I, and and you're welcome everyone i'm <laughs> you're not, welcome I'm gonna... to share my anguish I wouldn't be surprised if there is a little bit of a homage to the Silent Castle in that movie somewhere. I would not be surprised if there's just I'm something. I'm not something talking about that... homage, man. I'm talking about one for full one. On. <laughs> I know that there's a guy doing a stop motion of it currently. 
or he has oh, yeah. in fact there's a stop motion on youtube yes i will link that as well uh a recreation of the silent interlude but that just got so, the wheels turning in my head like imagine well, if they can it open up back. the the next movie with that i mean yeah, they could the not and to. then i then we'd be on board as well absolutely even if you storm out of the cinema immediately thereafter like that if they do it right <laughs> is untouchable kind of like good, a... it's a good opening to to a movie i mean it sets up all the conflicts it sets up uh you know it's Cobra very bond, a little bit it's the bond called open yeah Hotel. exactly yeah. i think he, if it's not at the end of this one it's at the front of the next one and you go from or, there or, or it's interspersed uh, throughout the film, like the Cybertronian sequences in Bumblebee, which I absolutely no, no. love. It has to all be at once. <laughs> no, all actually, it must be the other one. One and done. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, which actually brings me to a quick fire topic for you, gentlemen. Oh uh, my and, goodness, it's that time. And hey. I'm so glad that you guys meant that uh, Stephen mentioned the silent issue and that we spoke about the Snake Eyes movie because it makes this so much better. Um, gentlemen, and to our audience members, when you first encountered Snake Eyes as a character and you, you knew he was some kind of ninja, did you think he was Caucasian or did you think he was an Asian guy? Let me know what you guys think. He or... was a three and three quarter inch plastic action figure. That's what mm. he was. And he couldn't speak. He had a built in, oh, well, you call it deficiency. It certainly felt that way when a talkative fellow like me was trying to control him, which is why I didn't select snake eyes as my character okay but how did you know he didn't talk though i mean that's not on the far card you must have read that in the comic books uh yeah okay well look i i don't ever recall i don't have any memories of playing with snake eyes before i knew that he was mute mm. so uh, i think my first snake eyes which was the 89 snake eyes i had very briefly uh, and then it disappeared maybe into the pocket of a mistrustful friend, <laughs> <laughs> untrustworthy friend. Um, but I think by the time I got around to getting my second Snake Eyes, which is the 91 version, I'd already kind of gotten the, the, the gist from the comic books that he didn't speak. So I used to kind of lord this fact over anyone who did try to select Snake Eyes. It was like, yeah, you can be Snake Eyes, but then you don't speak for the rest of the game. Sorry. That's so good. <laughs> uh, and you're right. That's why he chooses at least one other character to play with, so it's, you know someone can talk to him. Um, then who's going to hold the bad guys? You've only got two hands, man. Oh, jeez. It's me. It's me again. It's me. I don't get to play with my action figure because I have to busy be busy puppeteering the, the pop-up targets for UNL. <laughs> Well, back then I it was think, uh, Justin and Wesley. Mm. Yeah, Justin and Wesley initially. Um, I don't think I had any idea either way of what his ethnicity was necessarily. Um, I think uh, just because he was a ninja, I didn't automatically assume, oh, he's a ninja, he must be Asian. Because, um, I mean, I knew there were other, you know, kind of like ninja-based characters, um, like the American mm. ninja, um, Iron Fist himself. Um, and I think... When I, yeah, I don't think I really thought about what he was under the mask. I think mm. they, they kind of got explained to me by the comic books themselves. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a white dude with blonde hair. Okay. You know, I didn't have any, there was no like, I suppose I didn't think about it too much. Like, that's, that's just who he is. Interesting. Like, for me, 
I was shocked when I saw him unmasked the first time. And I only saw Snake Eyes unmasked when David started buying the comics, which was much later down in the run. And he had long blonde flowing hair and couldn't really see his face properly. But I was shocked that he was a blonde white guy. Hmm. I always saw Snake Eyes as Asian. And it's no, never mind like just the ninja side of it or anything. I just always felt that he was Asian. Um, and I think it had to do with somewhere, I think it was uh, because we had the, my first Snake Eyes was the, I keep getting this mixed up and I'm sorry, but it's like, I keep saying 88 and I think I mean 89 version of Snake Eyes or 88 version of Snake Eyes. Anyway, they do, I, I seem to recall there being something about esoteric martial arts or esoteric arts or something like that. And then like I met David not too long after having that figure. In fact, actually my friend Enrico destroyed my 88 snake eyes. Yeah. Um, bastard, pigeon toad, fucker. <laughs> anyway, um, but like David first clued me into the fact that snake eyes doesn't speak. That's how I knew snake eyes doesn't have a voice. But David never ever told me anything about like snake eyes being an American white guy. Like I never thought of Snake Eyes as a white guy. And that's why it's interesting, like with all of the stuff that's popping up now, it's actually brought a lot of those memories back. And I was like, oh yeah, I never thought of Snake Eyes as like a white dude, just never did. And somewhere, um, and I remember when I was in school, uh, a friend of mine, Lee, and, and my other friend, Sheldon, uh, they were also like, yeah, he's totally like, well, you know, at that time, all Asians were Chinese apparently, but, um, because, you know, we're kids and we're stupid. We don't know anything better. Um, and so for them, they were like, yeah, no, he's Chinese. So I don't know. That's interesting. That's, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think then, I mean, the, the kind of the choice of actor for the film, I mean, is neither here nor there. I mean, he can, he can really be anything under that mask, really. really you know, at least true. based off the original concept of the character. Yeah. And that that's kind of the thing as well. I, I think it's important that, like, it doesn't, it also doesn't really matter because... I read it in somebody's Facebook post uh, in a response to what was posted on that article with Larry. Um, and I think it was actually one of our GI Joburg um, regulars and supporters that mentioned it. And I can't think of your name, so I'm sorry, but they actually said like Snake Eyes is like kind of in a weird way, your proxy, you know, mm -hmm. like he's is, uh, in essence, a character that who you are, you know, you, you imbue that, that figure with, with character. And I think, that's also kind of the point. It, it like doesn't really matter what ethnicity Snake Eyes is. It's his character that matters. Um, and sorry if I'm going into a territory that might seem social justice warrior or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, Snake Eyes is a great character, irrespective. And I just thought it was interesting. I just wanted to hear what you guys, what your your mental image of him was, you know, before you knew better or whatever, or what your journey was there. So cool. Thank you. <laughs> That's cool. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't ever see Snake Eyes as a character, to be honest. I saw him as a as an asset to be deployed to get a job done. Yeah, a um, weapon. Yeah. yeah, I never, never saw Snake Eyes as a character. Dehumanized he was, him. He was a force <laughs> of nature. He was this unkillable ninja wraith, just making his way through droves and droves of baddies. Simple as Which... that. So yeah, any kind of thought of ethnicity never really entered the debate at all mm. what is snake eyes color black 
black. And red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and silver, the flash of yeah. some steel. That, those were Snake Eyes' primary colors, my friends. Um, oh, let's rip open Postbox the Pit very quickly, gentlemen. We have a new friend. His name is Lance Toth. He shared a wonderful image, which I'm going to share for you all. Uh, let's see if I can find it very quickly. Boom. Take a look inside my mailbox, gentlemen. What do you think of that? That is very cool. I yeah. really, yeah, I really love the composition there. And I uh, like, sorry, I'm not, I don't want to critique Ooh. it or anything. I just really it's love a, the, uh, the composition. It's so cool. It's a yeah. team, a fire team of vipers, very tightly um, standing guarding one another's sixes. Uh, you've got the commander. So oh, I call him the commander because he's got a sidearm kind of elevated above the rest, popping off some caps on his, his pistol and holding his very cool Viper rifle off to the side. The other guys are all just kind of taking aim beneath him. And there seem to be some discarded barrels. <laughs> Always a great action trope. Like, shoot the barrels, guys. Uh, yep. Th thank you, Doom, for giving us that uh, that vibe. But yeah, terrific <laughs> yeah. stuff. It looks like he's done um, inks over pencils. Very, yeah. very tasteful. So kind of makes me image. Yeah. Very cool, man. Sorry, what is his name again, uh, Steve? Lance Toth, and he has Lance. a quick fire topic for us all. Uh -oh. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. Imagine GI Joe with green shirts sitting in their quarters. In comes General Hawk. He tells you that there are four splinter cells of vipers that are invading South Africa. Each of you are going to be on a separate special ops team tasked with taking out the splinter cells. Out of the following below, who would you want to be your commanding officer? And who would you want the other three Joes on your team to be? And why? So the, the options for commanding officer are Duke, Flint, Stalker, and Beachhead. And Lance also thanks us for our great content. Thank you, Lance, for writing in, buddy. Hey. Hey. Rob, Duke, Flint, Stalker, or Beachhead? Oh, I'd probably choose Flint. Mmm. Definitely. All right. All right, because he's just so good looking. Hell yeah, dude. And he can fly us where we need to go. I think that's brilliant. True. <laughs> he wants to walk True. when he can fly. Yep. Paul, how about you, man? Duke, Flint, no, I'm going to go with Stalker. No, Stalker, man. Stalker all the way. Like, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah I think uh, Duke and Beachhead are, are, are perhaps a little bit blowhard for me. Um, my, <laughs> my style also matches Stalker. And I mean, he's far and away my favorite G.I. Joe character. Like, there's no denying, like, Stalker is the philosopher warrior. Mm. He's just always got the, the, the words of wisdom. Um, and he made for such a great team leader in those early issues like he's mm -hmm. he's the quintessential team leader which is ironic because he was an e5 at the outset so he was bossing around joes that were outranking him which kind of sets up that rather interesting contradiction but so i guess um, you're teaming up with paul then you, you're not going on your own with the beachhead <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know beachhead yeah well yeah beachhead <laughs> as i say bit of a blowhard he'd um He'd, he'd probably kind of not be able to see the wood for the trees because he's all about like like absolute focus and discipline. I think Stalker has a more uh, well, he's also a hard case, but he has has a nice even hand when it comes to his operatives. Yeah, um, yeah I kind of. And then who would be on our team, gents? 
oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me start actually. Uh, so okay. uh, we got we got stalker. Um, yeah, sorry, we got stalker. I'd go with um, spirit, uh, and I'd love to have tunnel rat with us. And I imagine we can choose one. Oh, well, it's yourself and your commander, and yeah, three others. So. Mm, spirit tunnel rat and who else would be fun to come with us uh actually um because south africa is south africa it would be great to have art back with us <laughs> hey yeah i think uh you know just because if we have to go like deep into the south african wilderness uh it can be any number of things actually and uh there's a lot of like dangerous stuff out there and it'd be great to have art back you know sort of keeping us aware of that and have a great tracker like spirit yeah so. mm -hmm. wow. it's got a very much a video uh, like gi joe 8 bit uh, nintendo entertainment system game uh vibe this topic mm. all i can think of is like this is your team leader to select the other two members of your team that kind of thing yeah love, yeah. It. <laughs> love it how about you Rob? who's on your team bro ah oh, i guess i got flint i'll probably with lady j on there um can't not have them together um, someone with a really big gun, uh, repeater or road rock and roll, I think would be a cool, art, cool choice. Uh, one more person, low light. I think low light would be good for, for all our open felt here. Take out people from a distance. <laughs> yeah. Lekker. Well, I'm going to go local as well. The local South African GI Joe operators. Boomslang and Bitter Ender. <laughs> those are my boys. And when you got those two boys in your team, you don't need nobody else, my bro. <laughs> <laughs> Except for That's the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactly right, my son. Now, here's our mission briefing, courtesy of Falcon. Mission brief times, Joburg. There's a maggot on the loose, and we need you to squash it. Gather your team. Who's on your crew? What vehicle are you going to take? Intel says the maggot's in three parts, so you're going to need to take out the command center before they call for backup. Be on the lookout for that fast attack tank. And be aware of the long-range cannon. So, what's your plan, fellas? Hmm. Yo, okay. Who wants to take out the command center? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I think, yeah, let's go for the command center. I think I'd probably take Fostraw, someone who can kind of get in there real fast, maybe hit and run. Um, mm. And then scoop to film it all. <laughs> Great choice, Rob. Fostraw, nice one. Hell yeah. Walk, I don't know what vehicle would be a good, a good choice. <laughs> mm. That I'm not sure about. Paul, how would you take out the first attack vehicle? Oh, I would grab like a, a G.I. Joe LCV because that could be quite fun to try and take it out with. Yeah. Me. I suppose if we want to be fast, I'd, I'd probably slung. use Ram. Rams. Nice. Hell yeah. Drill it with a 20 millimeter repeating rotating barrel. Yeah, Get gotta in. get in there fast. Fast draw fires is Drill it, guns. man. <laughs> Drills. Ram them, ram men. Yo, but me, why would I even leave HQ? Just use the orbital <laughs> pulse laser <laughs> weapon from the comic books. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mainframes in your team operating. Orbital <laughs> <laughs> weapon. Yeah. General Colton and, and GI Jane. Yeah, yeah. Backing me up there we on go. the computer on the computer console. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I mean, terrific. Once again, thank you, Troy, for giving us the voice note. That's always appreciated. And thank you, Lance, for setting us up on a quick fire uh, sojourn. I feel like assembling this team now. I wonder if uh, I can get Jim to do me a, a custom <laughs> boom slung. I always used hit and run, incidentally, as boom mm. slung. Uh, a boom slung is a tree snake, a very venomous snake in South Africa. Uh, and I think Heck it's yeah. kind of bright green in color, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, hit and run was a natural for that kind of code name. But the Endo was a custom character that Jim Godfrey whipped up for us for the 2018 Joe uh, customs competition. And it just occurred to me that yes, if you are on a mission to South Africa, it would probably be pretty beneficial to have Stalker as your team leader. I mean, at least he's going to blend in until he opens his mouth, of course. Uh, <laughs> but he's also pretty urban and street smart. Like he was a, a gangster before he became a G.I. Joe. So I'm sure he's got plenty of skills that can help you both in the South African wilderness and in the South African urban setting. Uh, on the way out, gents, I'd like to say that entries have started trickling in for our Zartan giveaway. Oh, oh fantastic. Pronounce. Yep, yep, yep. So if you want to stand a chance to win the classified series Zartan action figure, because Paul has a surplus for some reason sitting at BBTS, uh, please do send us a picture of your Zartans. It doesn't have to be the classified guys. In fact, don't make it the classified guys. Yeah, like give I want um, <laughs> your dreadnoughts. Show, yeah. us, show, us, show us why you need a Zartan in your collection. Mm -hmm. And you can send your pictures to a real South African hero at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, entitled Zartan Competition. And I also Zartan suggest that you get it in before Iconicon starts. Um, yes. Because, I, <clears throat> because uh, if we're doing a podcast next week, and I love it when I can't open my address my 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 planner on my computer it's always my hey man don't make That's your problems our problems <laughs> there we go so the next weekend the next time we're shooting one of these shows will be on sunday the 4th of july yes, crazy that's actually a great day to do a giveaway actually what do you guys think i think we should draw the prizes then uh, collate all of our winners and put them into the random wheel of winningness fantastic and, uh, that gives people one more week so you have One basically till the till the third third of July. Yeah, get everything in by the third of July, please. Um, actually, let's make it safe by the second of July because I guess of time zone. Of July. Yeah, <laughs> because Stephen Stephen will be in the third of J July uh, long before you guys get to the second July. So yeah, second yeah, yeah. of July. Get your entries in by the second of July, and then we can see who gets a Zartan in their collection. <laughs> and we're mentioning Iconicon. If we haven't mentioned it before, Iconicon is a fantastic endeavor. There'll be a, a virtual convention that's going across multiple YouTube channels with a with a ton of live streams, interviews, podcasts, um, a bunch of uh, fully produced features, and they'll all be coming out between the seventh and the eleventh of July. Um, and you can go and check it out on their their, their website, iconicononline.com. 
there there's a fantastic schedule of uh, different talks you can see all of them there probably the one you guys should all check out is sly versus arnie the biggest action star of the 80s um, where your favorite yeah, joe burger rob will be talking about <laughs> sylvester stallone and, and arnold Schwarzenegger movies from the 80s yeah, and I'll be chatting up some horror movies, uh, some of the 80s horror movies with some really great uh, peeps. And um, we're going to be getting deep into some 80s pop culture stuff, uh, 80s films. Yeah, and Stephen um, might actually be talking about G.I. Joe stuff. <laughs> might actually be, yeah. And so, we, surprise, yeah, so there's some surprise, great stuff. Surprise. Oh, there's some very cool panels. There's a few there I wish I was involved in, but you can. Only but I'm do looking so many. forward to watching a lot of these. I, I think it's yeah, going to be a fantastic too. five days. Uh, I might have to um, drink a lot of Red Bulls or a lot Dude, of other uh, energy drinks to stay up for all I'm, this. I'm totally amped to check out your Sly vs. Arnie panel because I want to to find all of those videos, uh, all those movies um, on the various streaming sites and online to get them because yeah that that so 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 rob i hope it's definitive man because it's gonna be fantastic it's gonna be amazing i'm re-watching well re-watching and watching some movies i've never seen before actually um totally. surprisingly enough there are a few arnie and slime movies i've never watched including rhinestone 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 and there's some they... fantastic horror movies that i've been discovering thanks to getting ready for this panel although that is great I... And I can, with some confidence, say that there were only three movies in the 80s panel that they mentioned that uh, I haven't seen or refused to watch. <laughs> For our own so. part, G.I. Joburg will be hosting Analog Toys, Retro Blasting, and Reclaimers Vintage Toys for the Great G.I. Joe Comics Debate. The wait page has already been set up on YouTube, but it'll also hopefully, through StreamYard, be available on Facebook. Uh, that'll happen a little bit closer to the time. But if you do want to watch it on YouTube, you can already set up the reminder. And we ask the question, are issues 51 to 101 of the G.I. Joe Real American Hero comic by Marvel superior to the first 50 issues? Wow. Retro Blasting <laughs> and Reclaimers will be proposing the motion and... Myself and Tony from Analog Toys will be opposing the motion. So if you want a definitive answer, <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> you decide the outcome. Yes, it will be a, a viewer's vote decision, but hopefully we'll have some pretty compelling arguments going both ways, making it a very, very difficult vote to take. <laughs> this is fantastic. And, uh, a lot of stuff to look forward to. And also a reminder, if you want to join the awesome Bergforth, come check out our Patreon channel where we have, well, you can join us, you can support us on Patreon and you can join the exciting Bergforce and you can be part of our live audience and you also get access to stuff like, well, let me start with the most recent edition. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been dropping some of the GI Joe Berg music into the downloads uh, for the Patreons only, for the Bergforce only. Uh, and we did the first one, which is called Tomahawk, uh, the Whirly Bird mix. And so that's out. And I intend to do these at least once a week or once every second week until I run out of music. Um, and those will all, uh, always be available to download for our Patreon members for the Bergforce, as well as cool things like 3D diorama pieces that you can print out on paper and cut out and assemble to put into your, your very newly acquired 3D 
a, a GI Joe HQ from Screaming Eamon. Um, <laughs> and uh, if being a Patreon supporter is not your thing, or you know it is your thing, but you want to show off how much you love GI Joe Berg and how much you dig cool GI Joe merchandise or GI Joe themed merchandise, inverted commas, then go and check out our merch store. It is at teespring.com. The link is in the description below for both the Patreon and the merchandise store. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have heard your requests. I am working on the next two uh, new G.I. Joeberg shirts. I have seen one post on Facebook, which is heavily motivated, one of the designs, and I have had a few uh, private comments for another for another design. So see, you can catch those soon. No reveals yet, keeping them a secret. Anyway, that's uh, if you want to support us, you can check that out. Thank you very much. Robbie, anything to add on the way out, my friend? I think that that's about it. Iconicon, Patreon, T-shirts, um, yeah. Competition. <laughs> the competition, um, the premiere of our Tomahawk review, which will be coming out during Iconicon. And yeah, hopefully one of those T-shirts is a Lamprey T-shirt, Paul. Is it? Is it Lamprey peeing on things? I'll say nothing. I'll say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining the conversation. Scroll on down to the comment section below, wherever you see this podcast, and let us know what your idealized movie pitch idea would be. Sky's the limit, guys. We're using our imaginations, yo. Catch you next week. Hell yeah. Hummer and Hummer, just like a bumblebee. <laughs> yo, Joe. <laughs> Berg. Berg. <laughs>